an abandoned sailboat leads to voodoo islands and shark zombies in Zombie. Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. Yeah, Eric, I noticed uh, a pair of things that I think is why our patrons and Twitter voted for or really leaned into this movie's favor. What pair of things, Alex? There, there was just two things that really caught my eye. Um, maybe I'll get into it later. Maybe I won't. All right. Well, we'll maybe get into it. We'll, we'll talk about it. Welcome back to the Monsters vs. Men podcast. It's the bargain basement of the Monster Podcasting Airways. Of course, we're two friends trying to stay alive and stay connected by chatting about weekly monster movies. This week, we are discussing Zombie. Mm. Lucio Fulci's Zombie, a.k.a. Zombie 2, a.k.a. whatever name uh, Pluto t- TV gave it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. All those names. (laughs) I think, I don't know. So the link that took me to Pluto TV's thing said it was like zombie remastered. Like it was like Uh updated or something. Uh, But other than that, I don't know. But I'm also curious. Mm -hmm. Was this some sort of sequel? Yeah. What's zombie one? Yeah. With an eye. With just an eye. No E. Yeah, with just an eye. No E. What is zombie one? Is it just another movie out there that was like... (laughs) Called Zombie? Did Lucio uh, Fulci have a zombie movie that was just called Zombie One? I don't uh, think so. There is a Zombie Three that he directs. I oh, did see that, really, but I don't see. I didn't see a Zombie One without the E, because of course this is renamed Zombie with that I E. So I just have no idea. Wow, it's a mystery. So- I'm sure. I'm sure one of our listeners can uh, let us know for sure. Yeah. at gmail.com. Let us know. I'm because I am interested. I am too. I'm a little confused by. Well, I, I, here's here's what I will say. If you are this this might not be the film for everybody. I'll just say that off the top. This might not be the film for for, for everyone. It's not our typical type of film. I even suggested maybe this is an MVM plus oh. type of film, Alex. Um, yeah, you did. Like before or after I had watched and you were watching, I was like, ah, this could be an MVM Plus type of episode. Um, but uh, here we are. <laughs> Actual <laughs> Monsters vs. Men episode. If I, I think the conversation will be interesting, even if you don't watch the film. But, of course, watching the film does help. Uh, there's just might be There might be a bit more graphic content than uh, we are used to reviewing on this show. Not that we haven't reviewed R-rated movies, but this one definitely pushes that line. Wouldn't you say, Alex? Yeah, I think you had hyped it up a little bit for me when I was messaging you. Uh-huh. So I started to really expect like a grindhouse movie. Uh, yeah, and so yeah. I, when I didn't get that, I was like, oh, Eric, you little baby. You <laughs> sweet little babe. <laughs> but but then I saw the scene that probably prompted you to be like, eh. And I was like, oh, yeah, that was a... Uh, that was yeah. a lot, especially maybe for some of our more sensitive types. 
Maybe, maybe so. <laughs> well, let's get into it. We'll talk about that scene, Wait, I'm sure. But yeah, Eric, I have uh-huh. an answer to all of our questions about this zombie zombie two scenario. Okay, tell me about it. When George A. Romero's Dawn of the Dead, when it was released in Italy, was called Zombie. Oh, and this go. was adapted from a screenplay that was supposed to serve as a sequel mm-hmm. to Dawn of the Dead. And so they yeah. called it Zombie 2. And there so this go. is like the spaghetti horror. Because <laughs> it's an nice. Italian horror. Movie. That's a good description <laughs> for it, actually. Um, <laughs> and it leads into my film introduction. Though I will say, Alex, we had like 25 listeners that were just disappointed that you gave us the answer because they were wanting to write in, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Lucio Fulci's horror genre filmography is extensive, but none may be as highly acclaimed as Zombie or Zombie 2 as it was originally released. Coming off the success of its zombie predecessor, Dawn of the Dead, Zombie manages to find its own way and up the game in its own ways, including gratuitous gore and, well, naked ladies. But does upping the ante make the film scanty? Or did the extra additions make you all panty, Alex? I mean, there's definitely a lack of panty, maybe. But um, <laughs> maybe a little bit of both scanty and panty. I mean, while the... <clears throat> while the, the, the Catch your breath, Alex. Yeah, no, Catch your breath. I know. I'm getting all choked up over here. While the, the nudity here is maybe a little excessive, I didn't think it was really that bad. You know, I've seen way worse... And way more gratuitous and like even like way worse bad taste in films. So this, I'm not clutching my pearls on this one. I I think there are plenty of other elements here that make me panty, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. Like the soundtrack, you know, the the ultimate battle that we get in this film. And then I think we get some actually great horror here. Are there still some odd zombie conveniences here? Yeah. But (laughs) I have to say, from the opening of this film, I was very intrigued by what was going on. And not only that, but this is the best handling of zombies of the post-Romero era so far. And it's not even close. Yeah, well, we're not even post-Romero yet, right? Because we still have Day of the Dead to come. I guess I'm saying post-Romero as... Post, post dawn, dawn, or post night, post night. Okay, so even more so than dawn, these you like these zombies. Yes. All right. Um, yeah, I, I did think there was a couple moments in the film that would have just had you down in the dumps, Alex, uh, with your distaste of people not moving out of the way oh, of zombies yeah. coming their way. So I knew you. I knew you were cringing at some of those moments. But to, to answer my original question, at the risk of sounding like our buddy David, <laughs> I don't think I don't think the gratuitous nature of this film does it any favors, nor is it really necessary. Um, yeah, but with that said, I'm not going to get into that. I'm going to talk about the film, which um, had me engaged almost throughout but in different ways than Dawn of the Dead did last week. Story-wise, I don't think we get anything too revolutionary here, though I think the voodoo roots zombies are great. It is actually in the style of filmmaking. Um, It's that. It's the style of the filmmaking with its unique camera work and awesome score that make it stand out to me. Yeah, that was something I really noticed quickly. The camera work here is 
pretty outstanding, actually. <laughs> like there, there's a shot, and I guess I'll go ahead and spoil my oh, that's a good shot award. But this one really like surprised me. There's this shot with I already forgot again. Uh with Mrs. Menard. Menard. <laughs> Save big money at Menards. Yes. <laughs> Um, there's a straight on shot with her while she's like getting ready in the mirror after her shower and it's a straight on shot with her and then she pivots around and because she hears some some knocking at the door and so she or hears some sounds outside and so the camera backs away as she gets away and it pivots gets pretty a good distance away from her so you can see a full body shot and then it tracks her as she walks and there's like scenery and stuff walking like blocking the shot and it's just a really awesome shot and the film has a few of these but that one was like one that really stood out to me and let Mm -hmm. me know like oh this is a filmmaker who is really like he's wanting to make a good movie and he's like really actually he he has skills for sure. And the music, like you said, is also a highlight. And I, I kind of hated some of it at first, actually. <laughs> yeah. Like, like we, we hear these drums so much, it's almost uh-huh. annoying. But then it really heightens the vibe when everything really goes to hell. Yeah, it fits into the story, too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it just starts to be a part of what this film is about. Yeah, yeah. And and man, when, when things when things go south here... They, they really do. Like, I love the violence in this one in regards to the zombies and their interaction with humans. It's absolutely brutal. Now, I do think, like we said, that, that maybe that eye scene goes a little too far. But other than that, I think a lot of that's hitting the mark here for me. What about you, Eric? Like, yeah. You, you feel yeah. that? Well, <laughs> I think the weakness for me is the overall story. Um, I just don't feel like we get anything particularly unique in this one plot wise or zombie wise though. I, I don't mind the voodoo roots and the more modern take on the superstition versus science themes that we get mm-hmm. here. I love that church made hospital setting. And of course the gritty battle that takes place between the humans and the zombies and between the zombie and the shark. Uh, two classic battles, really, in, in this film, and both of them are awesome. But I, I don't think the characters are particularly strong, with the exception of Dr. Menard, who provides something of interest. But my, my main intrigue, again, was to see how this film would be made, how far it would go, and who would escape alive. Now, that really isn't my cup of tea, uh, but I'm with you. And, and just admiring some of the aspects of this filmmaking. Mm. And I will say that the ending was pretty great in that it was a twist, but it was a twist that I should have seen coming, yeah. which made it especially great. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on the characters and the ending. There, there's not a light, lot to write home about. Um, I don't think yeah. there's anyone particularly bad, which is good. But, but there's no one really standing out except for, like you said, maybe Dr. Menard. Uh, he yeah. is so interesting. He's clearly got this mission. And he has to do some pretty brutal things to, you know, when he's having to execute all these corpses. Mm-hmm. It, it's so bloody, but it makes it, makes it 
more impactful in this case. Uh, yeah. Which I think was a good call. Um, and, and like you said with that ending, I saw it coming a mile away because, well, the setup at the beginning. There's two things. One, we had yeah. the zombie floating in the harbor still, which mm-hmm. was bothering me. <laughs> and also, yeah. two, we get the zombie coast guard that's moving oh, yeah. right before we leave. Now, it's definitely easy to forget about all that while we're on this island with all yeah, this it's chaos. Just like, I don't expect <laughs> that they're going to come back. Like They might escape off the island, and that's just the end of the movie. Yeah. But like the fact that the movie sticks with us there, right? Um, it has that little... Uh, conclusion that little coda i i really think that coda is worth it and i also should have known it based off of like the little preview pictures on on that i had seen a couple places that showed zombies in a city <laughs> I, I was kind of like this movie is not what i expected but i, I should have known better <laughs> whenever i saw the like an image of zombies in the city which was literally cut straight from the end of this movie yeah and it's kind of Cool. The ending of this movie, which is a somewhat sequel of some somehow of Dawn of the Dead, um, is uh, it inspires. This is not a sequel. I know yeah, it's this not. Is not a sequel. It's not, but it's intended to be one for Italian audiences. I guess I don't know. Um, but um, this ending has a very clear impact on a ending from another zombie movie that I don't think we're going to be covering. I'm not going to get into it. It's like a post credit scene actually in a movie, but it it was kind of cool to see that because it very clearly has a callback to another zombie movie that has something similar, which I thought was kind of cool. Now that being said though, I do disagree with you about the zombies here. I think these zombies go the extra mile and being just completely grotesque. Not only that, but I think these are actually intimidating zombies. You know, these things, they have their skin peel off. Their eyeballs are filled with worms. They barely even look human anymore half the time. I think these zombies are actually special because of just how gross they are in every way. Plus, the movie really sells me on the volume of them, the impending doom. I guess it is from the amount of zombies and being trapped on an Island. And when you see them coming to life, even though they've been dead for a while, that's even more scary than just having the ones that just recently died. Mm -hmm. And the amount of them on screen, especially when they're knocking on that, that church hospital door at night Mm -hmm. and you just see them, you see their silhouettes slowly coming in from the back and you just see more and more little silhouettes Dude, it, I think it's really great stuff uh, to, <laughs> to see this. Like, they just keep appearing, and it, it's, it really sets the mood um, here. Yeah, I'm actually with you in regards to how the zombies look and how they're designed. That's, yeah, that definitely takes it up a step. Um, I'm more just thinking about the overall lore of the zombies and... and how they're handled. I, I think oh. you may be right and onto something like the, the scene of them coming out of their graves <laughs> is pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, like, that's really cool. And yeah, when, when it comes to the gore of this film, um, yeah, we may get to worse in the series if we end up watching brain dead, dead alive, whatever you call it, but we'll have to see. 
Uh, all the effects are well done, though, uh, with the highlight, of course, being the eye Oof. scene. It is uh, a standout scene in multiple ways. Of course, that that is the climax of the scene and the part that everybody will remember, but it's also the tension that's created. Um, it's really well done. That builds up to that, that gross out. That's the well done part mm-hmm. of that scene. Uh, and then we get that gross out moment at the end you, that had me squirming a yeah, little bit. Yeah, you really did need the extent yeah. of it. Like maybe just the very beginning of it. And then leave yeah. it. Oh, it went and on. then leave it. Like we don't need it. Like it's already a lot. But but this is this is the late seventies, you know. So it's I, I get it. <laughs> um and I I'm kinda like you, Eric. Um I do I do have some complaints though that I that I have not really voiced. And it does kind of go back to that logic, that zombie logic. And mm-hmm. it really happens a lot in the final act of this film. Um, I feel like it's like really nailing it at first with um, just how many zombies there are and how easy it is to get overwhelmed. But then like when we retreat first off, when we drive off the road, this man Mm -hmm. does not hit the brake at all, which (laughs) no one would do. That's fine. We just drive like a mile into the grass until we hit a tree. And then, um, but when we get to the hospital, all of a sudden, there's all these dead zombies. Like, from I'm pretty sure some of them were people that we saw alive last. But now they're zombies, and they ambush our doctor and his, uh, I, don't, I don't know what she was, his, his second hand, I guess I'll call her. Um, like, they ambush him, and they kill him, which is fine. That ambush is fine. But then she dies by just standing there and screaming. Right, which is kind of lame. But the other part of that issue and the logic of that is, is that all happens in the back room. It doesn't really ever get all resolved. And the whole time, like they get shot a few times, but I don't, I'm pretty sure they don't kill all of them with headshots. But then we face yeah. the front of this barn and we're having this all out battle. Meanwhile, you still have zombies behind you, but they just never show up. Um, and so like that kind of stuff, it really does bother me. Um, yeah, but on the other side, we did get a zombie fighting a shark. So it kind of, I like when they're, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Like, like you can't, those are things that can't, you can't get caught up on or the fact that they throw like four Molotov cocktails. Oh, they each, there's no fire. They they each explode. (laughs) Uh, it's funny. Uh, makes me laugh. But no, it's they just like the same shot from like yes, different angles. over and over and over. <laughs> over and over. Uh, but that fire scene. It's good. We, we, we have commented before on the show, like it's really hard to do a fire scene. Um, and this is, this is another good one. That entire battle is, is pretty great at the end. Dude, yeah. It's really good. It's really tense. Like, even though I was still in the back of my mind thinking, hey, you have zombies behind you? Um that scene is so well done and it's just, it just feels like there's no hope, but they still somehow get out of there until the man gets bitten by his girlfriend on the way out, I guess. But Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh no. (laughs) Yeah. And he's just, Just oh man, it's all right. Uh, NBN plus today, Alex, we will get into 
we talk a little bit about kind of what we talked about at the top of the show about potentially why we did this for MVM Plus, but didn't. Um, but we also talk about Creed. We talk about My Hero Academia. We talk about Cocaine Bear. And we talk about being sick. <laughs> Not super fun. Uh, that part isn't. But the rest of the episode, a good time. You should check that out over at patreon.com forward slash MVM pod. Let's get into our awards, Alex. Compelling character. Who do you have? Uh, for compelling character, I got that old salty dog, Peter West. Man, mm-hmm. that scheme to, to fool that cop when they're on the boat. Genius. <laughs> Genius. You little dog, you. <laughs> he was a dog. And then, yeah. Oh, man, he really is. Like, um, <laughs> whenever, I mean, the scene that is the most... Uh, that has the most nudity, yeah. you know, where we decide we're going to go scuba oh, yeah. diving in nothing but our thong. Yeah. It's like, why do you even have that on? Like, like that, what's that going to do for you? <laughs> like, nothing. Like, there's no point. You might as well just have it all <laughs> off, right? Uh, <laughs> zero point. Um, <laughs> it's like she's wearing a shoelace. <laughs> <laughs> but the way that Peter West... He just ogles this woman, right? Yeah, and does. like, apparently the the woman that he's interested in is just sitting over there, like three feet away, and he could care less. He couldn't help himself, man. Couldn't. He is a salty that dog. Salty you are right dog. about that. <laughs> uh, I had to choose Doctor Menard um, just for his resistance into uh, believing the voodoo behind these zombies trying to find this scientific answer. Mm-hmm. He's probably our most complicated of our characters in that he has mixed motivations. Um, he really wants to get to the bottom of this. He's a terrible husband, of oh, course. Yeah. Uh, and yet you still feel for him a, a little bit whenever he, he finds his wife is dead. Um, yeah. So he's probably, he's probably, the most complex character here. And so I've got to give it to him for compelling character. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. He, he's so, he's so good. And you're right. He's not a good guy, but then again, no, I mean, he is giving everything to try to prevent whatever is yes. happening to you. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about your most memorable, most memorable line, <laughs> <laughs> most memorable line award. I, I got you. Um, Mine just comes at the end, and it's on the radio as they're pulling in to, to New York or getting closer. And the radio says, there's chaos in the streets. And a little bit later, the zombies are taking over. And there's just, again, I, I like that twist. Even though, yes, you should see it coming. It's a nice little, almost like Planet of the Apes type mm. moment, you know, uh, where there is no escape for these two who thought they have escaped. So re- really nice ending to this film. Yeah, for sure. Oh, what? what uh, my line is going to be actually from the beginning of the film. The first line, it's after he executes the the, the shoots uh-huh. the zombie. He goes, "The boat can leave now." Tell the crew. Now the yeah. question is, Eric, what happens on this boat? How did yeah. they get this thing locked in, and then they're all gone? Unless one of them just was above board, and he turned into a zombie, and just fell off the boat. I guess so. Yeah, that whole thing was a mystery and had me intrigued for a while. I, I did like how the the opening moments um, played out. Yeah, that's when I knew this movie had. I've a, still left a bit of questions. a budget. It was like, you know, they're actually filming in New York Harbor, 
and they're actually yeah, like, right. like filming in these areas. I'm like, wow, like you actually got the ferry to go that close to this boat. And like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, can't believe the acting award. Uh, I got to give it to uh, Richard Johnson as Dr. Menard. It's like you said, I think he does a really, like you said, a really great job. And he, you know, he's kind of like that guy from Dawn of the Dead. He's got that voice. It feels like an mm. iconic voice. And I just think he does a wonderful job here. And you, you feel his like, you really feel for him when he can't save anybody. And you feel bad for him every time he has to shoot somebody. You can tell that it's not, like he is not immune to the effects of what he's having to do. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, my can't believe the acting goes to Ramon Bravo, <laughs> who was the zombie who fought the shark. Um, yes. I mean, come on. You have a zombie that fights a shark. That looks Dude. like, I mean, they like did that. Yeah, it's impressive. <laughs> like that guy was underwater for a long time and he was doing yeah. pretty good. Like this was, he was moving better than that uh, Gill man in the first movie. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's impressive. It is. So got got to give it to Ramon Bravo for fighting a shark in yeah. real life. What a king. Um, oh, that's a good shot award. Yeah, that that's going to be the one I mentioned. That 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 shot where we have her there in front of the in front of the mirror and then the the shot pivots scoot uh zooms out and then tracks with her as she searches her house. Pretty awesome. Uh, technical work there. Yeah, yeah, no, that that is cool. Um, th- this film also did this thing. This is my oh, that's a good shot award, um, where it moved slightly away from the the action that was happening, just to show something slightly different that still included tension. So what I mean by that is during the eye impalement scene, um, leading up to that moment you had the zombie trying to get into the door and they put the fingers in the door. Right. Mm. Um, and so like, she's trying to slam the door shut, but the zombies fingers are in the door and it cuts away slightly, uh, or it really pans over. And you see like just the light on the wall coming from the room that the zombies in and the light in the wall kind of increases slightly. And all you're looking at is a wall. And yet there's still tension created by looking at this wall because you know what's being implied. So the film thinks it's kind of tricks you because it'll give you a shot like that where it's, it's all implicit. And then it will show you two minutes later, an impalement of an eye and then keep going. So it goes from implicit to explicit in about 90 seconds and that makes it pretty intense. It does. It does. Yeah. What a weird movie. What about a unique award, uh, Alex? Yeah. I've, mine goes to the fight of the century, uh, which is that zombie versus shark fight. I mean, yeah. it's really impressive. Also, he takes a bite out of the thing. The thing takes a bite out of him. There are no winners here, unlike Kong versus Godzilla. Uh, there, there's, there's no winners here. And they both just kind of leave a little bit skate, a little bit less than they were, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. What about you're you, Eric? I mean, I think the shark is going to be a lot less. It's going to be a zombie shark. That's what shark, I'm wondering. Does it turn into a zombie shark? Yeah, does it take happening. over the ocean? Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. Oh, no, official. Does. 
Um, and yeah, like literally the good luck ocean life because you're now being hunted. Um, favorite zombie award for me. I kind of gave this award last week. Um, I'll give it again this week. You mentioned this zombie earlier. It was a toss up between this one and the beginning one, the bloated big guy, uh, at the beginning. Uh, but my favorite zombie was the zombie from the grave with the worms in his eyes. That one was just really creepy and grotesque. Yeah. That, that was my favorite one too. He's just, he's just so gross. Nice. What about your final thoughts and rating on yeah, this one? Alex? Yeah, this one was a nice surprise for me. I, you know, I talked to you briefly about it before I started. So my expectation, I mean, I was already honestly a little, a little crestfallen about not getting to watch Sugar Hill. If I'm being honest, I want to mm-hmm. watch Sugar Hill. Um, but, Everyone suggested zombies, so we went zombie or zombies, and I uh, I'm glad we went this way. I mean, I still want to watch Sugar Hill, and I still might, um, but uh, this was a nice surprise. I didn't expect much after talking with you. I was like, oh, a grindhouse film, uh, not a lot of taste. It's going to be like a lot of a mm-hmm. lot of sex and gore, and honestly, the, the the I guess the sex in quotes that was here, wow a lot wasn't really gross. Like it could have been done in a really gross way. Um, and it wasn't like when it was there, I wasn't like, Oh, like, come on. Uh, I was just like, Oh, (laughs) um, Oh, Oh, say more. Um, but, uh, and then when the gore was here, aside from the eye scene, I actually really liked it. I like the way it was done. I like the way the zombies were killed and um, how all of the bodies were handled. And the, the just the design of the zombies was surprising because how much I liked it and how different it was from what we have seen. Like, this just isn't people in gray makeup or blue makeup, right? They, they, they've they actually, like, yeah. done some <laughs> a lot of work on these and made them really oh, yeah. grotesque. And I really appreciated that. And it's really kind of what I was looking for in this genre a bit. Um, and so I was, I'm, this is a pleasant surprise for me. I really enjoyed the, the overall story, even though it is a bit bare bones and I was totally enthralled with what was going to happen. So, uh, definitely, a, and probably even a, it's a mid to upper gamma tier for me. And one I would recommend to any zombie fan. Nice. Yeah. I, so I'm, I'm, pretty much with you on this one um it's not one that i would recommend to everybody but if you are a zombie fan or you're a horror fan like this this is definitely will be your jam Mm -hmm. right uh i I think there isn't much story here there isn't much to our characters unfortunately but the the intrigue comes in that mystery at the beginning and to see how everything's going to play out and what kept me engaged uh, to keep beating a dead horse was just the filmmaking. Um, there was obviously a lot of care and design put into the camera work, the zombie de- design, the effects. Um, and yeah, even even the music, which could be abrasive, ends up working really well uh, for this film, which is abrasive yeah. in a sense. Yeah, this isn't like a grindhouse film in the way that it's just going to go over the top and not really well done. It is over the top. Um, 
I think we could do without some of the over the topness. Uh, but generally speaking, uh, I, I can live with that. And yeah, this is a, a gamma tier film for me, pretty much right in the middle of that gamma tier. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good surprise. Good surprise. Next week, Alex, we are finishing the uh, Romero trilogy. Really, his what, what people will consider his three best films. Of course, he's he's made more than just right. these three, but these are considered his three classics. So we had Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead. Next week, Ooh. Day of the Dead is does <laughs> um, in Day of the Dead will something new be bread alex or will we just tread lead instead oh yeah i was wondering if when the dead see the day will we have a lot to say or will the film just feel okay <laughs> i don't know i felt i was wondering i felt like i squandered that, it so. yeah that kind of it felt like a <laughs> a very quick peak <laughs> Followed by a valley. Oh. Uh, as always, thanks for listening to Monsters vs. Men. You can leave us feedback on this episode at mvmpod.com or email us at mvmpod at gmail.com. You can also follow us and message us on Twitter and Instagram at mvm underscore pod. Become a bargain base my at patreon.com forward slash mvmpod. Receive weekly bonus content, including special reviews, interviews, and host chats. And if you can't join at this time, a review or a share always helps. Monsters vs. Man is produced by Alex Cornett. The executive producers are Kevin Alexander, Faye Basier, John Freeman, and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, comma, rock band for PlayStation 3, which formed Cell Block B, Louis Loops, Senior Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener, as always, for listening. Until next time, don't make out with your girlfriend in a zombie graveyard. And try, and try to, to stay, stay alive. Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. They got the smooching. He was injured and everything. Oh, man. Yeah. They just really started going to town. I was glad the zombies interrupted before it got too hot.